Hello, everybody. Today's scripture is from Luke's Gospel, the 19th chapter, verses 1 through 10. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through it. A man there named Zacchaeus was a chief tax collector and was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was short in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him because he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried down and was happy to welcome him. All who saw it began to grumble and said, he's gone to be the guest of one who is a sinner. Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Look, half of my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay back four times as much. Then Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek out and to save the lost. Thanks be to God. For this good news. Amen. In the summer of 2020, if you can remember that far back, that was when things were very crazy. The pandemic had started that spring. We didn't know how to react. No one knew what was going to be open or closed. At that time, we didn't even know what the school year was going to be like at the beginning of 2020 with our kids. Needless to say, things were very up in the air. There was a lot of disorientation, a lot of confusion, uncertainty. We had some friends visit us that summer, um, and they invited us to come and stay with them for the fall, to come be their guests and live in their home and stay as long as we wanted in the fall. Now, for Megan and I, we heard this. I mean, this was a very generous invitation, but I don't think either of us took it seriously at all when we first heard that. I mean, we're just not the kind of people, number one, to do things out of the ordinary for ourselves. Like we like to have a structure and predictability and to kind of follow the rules, stay in our lane, that kind of stuff. Uh, and then also we, you know, didn't want to inconvenience them. Uh, but it was kind of strange as Megan and I later on talked about how they had offered that. Something began to make us wonder if that might be something we would do. Like we would... We would talk about it and said kind of to ourselves, well, what do we have to lose? There's, we don't know what's going on anyway. The world is so weird and uncertain. And I mean, any plans we make, they're going to change. We know that. And so in our conversations, we started to kind of come open to this idea of going and being the guests of our friends for like a large portion of the fall. It's probably here that I should make sure I mention that our friends live in Hawaii. They live on the island of Kauai in paradise. And they were inviting us to come live with them. So this seed took root in us and we became more and more open. We talked to our friends and prayed and suddenly we found ourselves buying plane tickets, which by the way were like half price from usual. And every door just continued to open and we became guests for our friends uh, in Hawaii for nine weeks in the fall of 2020. We went to paradise, and um, these are the kind of friends, by the way, that we knew we weren't putting them out. They, I really believe they wanted us there too. 
Um, and we had an amazing time, a time of a, of a lifetime that, I mean, never again do we expect to have um, a moment like that for our kids or our family. We would work in the mornings um, and do everything remotely, which we were able to do in the fall of 2020. And then we would go to the beach or go hiking. It was just amazing. We became guests in a time when home and all the structures and schedules were up in the air. I think this is kind of like the kingdom of God. I think this story is a reminder to us that God is inviting us to come and be guests of a different world, a different kingdom. This kingdom belongs to God and God is not put out at all for however long we might stay. But we do have to leave. We have to leave something behind to be, enter the kingdom of God. And um, that thing that we're leaving behind, friends, the truth is, no matter wh when or where it is, it is relatively uncertain and out of our control. And um, it may be that we're creatures of habit and that we follow convention and that we don't want to stay out, get outside the lines, but we are invited to go on an adventure, to enter paradise, if you will, <laughs> and be with God as God invites us into God's amazing kingdom. God's kingdom is beautiful and um something that's so amazing about it is it's not something that we control. The kingdom is not something where we're in charge. It's not our turf. And so it requires us to constantly know that we are receiving the love and generosity and hospitality of someone else. That is the kingdom of God. By the way, this is our eternal reality, to be guests of God. And so we better get used to becoming guests. We better get used to the reality that that we're not going to possess, we're not going to control or manage the kingdom of God. That is something that belongs to God and that God calls all of us, invites all people to become a part of. And it's paradise. It's beautiful. And yet getting there, going there, entering it can sometimes be so hard, um, so outside of our norm. Our story today is about God in Christ becoming the guest of a sinner. To give us more perspective about Zacchaeus, um, we're told he's a chief tax collector, that he's very wealthy, and so he has that going for him, his wealth. But we get this signal here um, after Jesus invites himself over to Zacchaeus's house that no one likes Zacchaeus. Everybody, we're told. It says, all who saw Jesus talk to Zacchaeus grumbled and they all said, he's gone to be the house of one who is a sinner. Now, you know, we know in our day and time that we're all sinners, right? But to call someone a sinner meant that this person was not someone that people ate with. This is not someone that people wanted to associate in a friendly way with. This was not someone that people went over to his house. He was thought of and known to be as a moral spiritual outcast, unclean, not to be um, meddled with or mixed with. Certainly, the tax collector might be able to be with other sinners, other outcasts, people who didn't count, weren't good enough. And by the way, I want to say that, that we also get the indication that Zacchaeus was a sinner, that he took advantage of people. He was probably greedy. He had all of this um, 
all these things he needed to make right. Zacchaeus told God, you know, half of my possessions I'm going to give to the poor. I've defrauded anyone of anything. He doesn't say for sure he had, but this is what it was known that tax collectors did. Not only that, they represented the empire. Um, you know, Israel wasn't free. They were not a sovereign nation. They were the state under the thumb of the Roman Empire. And Zacchaeus represented that. He represented that in their own neighborhood in a way. He was kind of the one that they could put all of their anger at. But my point is this. Zacchaeus knew that he was unliked and unloved and disrespected and looked down upon by many. There's no way he doesn't know that. And there's no way that he doesn't know that he is thought of as immoral and wicked and maybe even evil to others. And I just want to say, I don't, I don't know Zacchaeus intimately. I wasn't friends with the guy. But I can tell you that when I know that someone doesn't like me, if I know that someone thinks I, what I've done or what I've said or who I am is bad, I don't feel good about that. In fact, to me, I mean, it can like consume hours of my day to think that someone else doesn't care about me or doesn't or does care about me, but in a negative way, they have negative thoughts and feelings towards me. Zacchaeus had that times 10, times 20, times 100, times 1,000. He was unliked, unloved, disrespected, looked down upon. He felt that. He knew that. And so now I want to talk about what it meant for Jesus to become the guest of Zacchaeus, to say to Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down and to look at him and to say, I must stay at your house today. And to get a better look at what that might have been like, I, I want to invite us to think about what it's like for Jesus to become our guest. What is it like every day to know that Jesus looks at you, says, get your attention, says, come here, come here, Ray, look at me. Today, I want to be with you. I want to be where you are. Whatever you're doing, wherever you're going, wherever you're staying, I want to be with you. Think about what that feels like when Jesus, in whatever way Jesus says that, says that to you. There's a few things that I wrote down about um, how that makes me feel. It makes me feel seen. It makes me feel noticed that, that when Jesus calls me, like he called Zacchaeus and and says, come here, I want to be with you. That means that Jesus actually sees me, that Jesus notices me, that I matter. I've, I'm on the radar, right? That I'm not forgotten. And for there to be this like one-on-one, -on -one, like singling out, right? This singling out, your house. I want to come to be where you are. That makes me feel valued and wanted. I mean, I'll even wanted. Like, that Jesus desires to be with me. That it's not an obligation that he has. It's not something he does because he's moral and honorable in God. But that, like the way Jesus says it to Zacchaeus and to me and to you is, I, I want to be where you are. That's where I want to be. I choose to be with you. It also means that Jesus has seen that I want him. Jesus here notices Zacchaeus in the tree. He sees that Zacchaeus is trying to learn more about Jesus. 
And so he recognizes and honors that. And, and what that means for me is that Jesus comes to me and says, look, I know you are interested in me. I know you want me. I, I am honoring that. So I want to be with you. you. You've shown, gone out of your way in some way to say that you want to be with me or see me or know me. And so here I am. I'm coming. So it makes me feel heard. It makes my efforts, my faith, my prayers feel like they matter, that they're heard by God. But what happens even more here is that when Jesus comes into my world, let's say into my life, my thoughts, my feelings, my inner workings, my, my home, my, he comes inside of my world. Like he came inside to Zacchaeus' house to become a guest. And what happens with Jesus, at least, is I start to feel accepted. Especially those parts of me that maybe I'm not super proud of, the parts of me that, that I would keep behind closed doors, when Jesus becomes a guest of them and he's there, it somehow says to me, I am still loved and good and wanted and I matter to God, even though there's that thing, <laughs> even though there's that dirty carpet or even though that things are untidy, even though the food wasn't that good, even though I kind of made a fool of myself and tripped over my words. You know, I could go on and on. Those are all analogies for how we don't have everything together inside. But when Jesus come, becomes a guest and says, I want to be here. And Jesus, as he's with us, continues to look at us and look at Zacchaeus and say, I still want to be here. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that rat run across the room. <laughs> I saw that issue, that wound flare up for you in that moment. I see this thing that you're struggling with. I see the dark corners and cobwebs and skeletons in the closet, but I'm still here. I want to be with you. I want to be your guest. I want to dwell where you are. And so I just wanted to draw you in a little bit to what this might have been like for Zacchaeus to be seen have Jesus say, I want to be with you. I want to be where you are. And what that represented, right? That this was, a, this was Jesus. This was a man of God. This was a rabbi, a teacher. This is someone people were talking about who might be the Messiah. And for him to come and want to be with us and then to stick around and accept us. Wow. I can tell you that over the years, this has changed me having Jesus as my guest. That each day that I'm able to stop and think about the fact that Christ is knocking and saying, I want to be with you today. I want to stay at your place today, Ray. That that changes me. It softens me. It encourages me. gives me hope. It means I'm not alone. It means I'm loved. And it changes my life. It is changing my life it will continue to save and heal and deliver me. And something amazing happens in our story today. Um, it changes Zacchaeus immediately. For Zacchaeus, and this happens, you know, we all respond differently to grace. For me, sometimes it happens in a, in a flood, in a rush, but other times it takes the long and steady persistence of God's Spirit working on me and kind of melting me, working out the knots. But here, for Zacchaeus, he stands there and looks at the Lord right away. 
and he has changed. He's free of his greed. He becomes free of all the things that have caused him to maybe be stuck in the way that he's been going. Maybe he didn't want to be this way anymore. Maybe he needed, maybe he was waiting for this moment of grace to put him over the edge and to become a person of grace, right? Because Jesus says, I'm staying. And there says Zacchaeus, half of my possessions, I'm going to give to the poor. If I've defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay back four times as much. I want to make things right. I want to be a different person. I want to heal. I want to be saved. And Jesus recognizes it for what it is. Today, salvation has come to this house because he too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek out and save the lost. So I want to talk just a little bit more about who God is here. This is amazing, friends. God in Jesus Christ becomes a guest in this world, this mess that we've made. He doesn't, he doesn't turn his nose up. I mean, if there's anybody who has a reason to say, I'm not walking in there, that place is too messed up for me, I'm too good for that, Jesus is the only one. <laughs> and yet he becomes a child, born of a woman, lives in a family, lives life with us, has sin all around him, but he chooses in love to become a guest through the incarnation. And then God, through the Holy Spirit, through our baptism, through his death and resurrection, comes to be a guest of sinners. Like the whole promise of the Christian life is that this God in Christ would enter us. Like we talked about, the Holy Spirit comes to live in us. We become temples of God. And so what this means is that Jesus, that God in Christ is a guest. Another kind of theological way of putting this is that God is missional. God leaves God's own house, heaven, and enters our house, earth. God leaves perfection and cleanliness and purity and comes into the mess, into the stink, into the sin and the evil and the violence. It says, I am with you. So God goes, God is sent. God sends Jesus Christ and God and Jesus Christ, the God the Father and Jesus the Son send the Holy Spirit into us. And so our whole foundation for who we are in the world and for what it means to enter the kingdom of God, it means to become missional like Jesus is missional, like God is missional. We are called as the church to become guests, to take our cue, <laughs> to learn from the perfect guest and to become guests of our neighbors and our friends and people that are out in the community. And this is particularly true to become guests among those who have not found a home, do not feel they belong in the church. I want to say a quick word here. The kingdom of God is bigger than the church. God's work and salvation and movement and the world is bigger than the church. The kingdom of God is cosmic and it has a church, but it isn't equal to the church. 
The church is a, is a tool, it's a people, a, a body that is at work as a participant in the coming of the kingdom. The other thing is the kingdom of God doesn't belong to the church. And the church is not to manage or gatekeep around the kingdom. Instead, the church is a foretaste and one who is pointing out the kingdom in its own shortcomings and in the world, saying, here, we are all invited. We're the ones who are supposed to show the world how to be guests in the kingdom. And we do this by becoming guests of our neighbors, guests of those who especially are not feeling like guests in the church. And when we do that well, when we do that like Jesus, then people begin to feel and experience what we have felt and experienced when Jesus has been a good guest. When we become guests, people feel seen and noticed. They feel valued, like they matter. And when we become guests and we don't pass this judgment and we don't tell them and make them feel verbally or non-verbally like their place isn't good enough, their life isn't good enough, but instead when we come and we see the person and we continue to value them and celebrate the image of God in them, then they begin to feel loved and accepted. And those things that they may have had insecurity about, that they may have wondered if we're up to snuff, that aren't good enough to them, they start to see someone in us that loves and accepts them. And you know, when you're loved, when you're accepted, when you're valued, and when that is consistent and persistent, it changes us. And just like we go through that process as Jesus is our guest, our neighbors might go through that process. And as we welcome our neighbors, it might change us to experience their goodness. And I mean, honestly, I've got some of the best guests in my neighborhood and some of the best hosts. It goes both ways. But I think especially as the church, especially as New Wineskins ministry, part of what makes us unique and different is we are called to go like Jesus, and to, to be the guests of others, of our co-workers, of our neighbors, of our strangers, of even our enemies, so that we can join in this sacramental work of being guests, being good guests like Jesus has been for us. And what we believe is that love, it changes the world. It can truly be um, a gift to us when we become guests to others and a gift to them. Let it be. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.